Welcome to Sports Focus Recap. My name is Preacher, and that's DK the Heckler. What How are you, sir? What is going on? I'm good. I'm good. Good to good, be back. Good. We haven't been here in a while. I yeah. actually am going to go ahead and apologize to my co-host. Uh, uh, this is going to be kind of first segment. It's going to be emotional for me personally. Um, apologize to the airways, but I wanted to pay, pay a special tribute to a special person in my show today. It's going to be emotional for me, so I'm going to make it, though. I'm going to get through it. It's okay. Um, I, I, I'm a crier, so if you start crying, <laughs> I'm going to start crying. You know? Well, I'm going to get through it. I'm just going to, um, and I actually uh, called this young lady's, or take this young lady's father and got permission. I wanted to make sure that was okay. That's cool. But today, I just wanted to, um, I, and I keep using the word shout out. It's not appropriate. It's a, more of a tribute and just to give some some perspective of what she meant to me and um, excuse me and this community. So uh, Davis mourns the loss of Evelyn Andrews. I'm going to go ahead and read what was in the paper first. Then I'm going to talk a little bit about how I knew her personally. And then uh, there's just a small little thing on uh, that her family shared if you would like to support. Uh, so just bear with us today. Thank you for listening. Uh, the whole show won't be like this, I promise. Uh, we we just coming back. But I just wanted to do my part and uh, just so the community and people really understand uh, the type of woman this was. So... The death of uh, Davis High School student Evelyn Andrews due to complications of leukemia has hit the community hard. A former Blue Devils humble state softball standout was only 20 years old. She was easily the most intense competitor I ever coached, never took off a play. Evelyn's high school coach Lynn Christopher said on Thursday, but when he smiled, she lit up a room. A dugout for the matter of her intensity was her greatest strength 
excuse me, and will be missed terribly and a huge loss for all of us. I'm going to make it. Davis High School Athletic Director Jeff Garson uh, said community memory is planned for Sunday, March the 6th, in the North Gym at Davis High at Humble State. A ceremony of, of Andrew's life will be taking place Sunday. In her junior softball season, Evelyn hit 420, accounting for 53 runs. She earned Delta League First Team Honors, Offensive Player of the Year, and MVP awards. Shortly thereafter, Andrew's uh, health battle began with a cancerous tumor was found between her heart and her lungs. She beat that cancer and returned for her senior year on the diamond. At Humboldt, where the, where the hard-hitting inside major Andrews redshirted freshman season and was working out with anticipation of the 2020 softball campaign when a bad hop ground ball flow and broke her nose after a high fever continued. There are ball marrows, and especially I'm, I'm going to skip that, but at Humboldt State, Everyone was an inspiration to everyone she came into contact with. She was a leader and a competitor that put her heart into softball and herself behind her team. Evelyn always wanted to see others succeed and was willing to be a teammate who made everyone better just by her presence. Evelyn and will always be an example as a Blue Devil athlete. I'm just going to uh, talk briefly, and I'm going to, excuse me, of what she meant to me uh, personally. I knew her uh, from the time she was a child, um, and a lot of people aren't, they, I, I wasn't friends with her, the type of person, like, we talked on the phone every day. Um, I wasn't the type of person who, you know, saw her often, and the special relationship that I feel that I had with her. Um, in fact, she, I can honestly say from the time she was a child would always <laughs> kind of give, give me the runaround, like in, in a welcome manner. She's very truthful with me, often getting on my case, often um, helping me realize some of the stuff. And, and I allowed her to do this, um, and we kind of bantered a lot, and I allowed her to do this only one other woman in my life was, which was my mother and sometimes she would just just be like oh really is that is that how it's gonna be and you know through the years of all the things that she um went through and her attitude about life just just kind of put things in perspective to other people including myself um about really what you're complaining about and really what's important in life. Uh, she never, after all this stuff, never seemed negative, never seemed discouraged, never seemed withdrawn, never seemed like she was going to ever give up. And that's to me, was just something that was remarkable. Um, I, I will say this. I wanted to read. What her family just real quickly wanted shared on Facebook, and I wanted to share it as well, um, as well with you. Um, and I, I find it important, and I want to do it for her. Uh, we have been overwhelmed by the outpouring of love and support flooding our way from all over. It is simply confirms what we've always known about our sweet girl. 
Many people have asked about how they can help to show their support and express themselves in this heartbreaking time. Um, knowing Evelyn, like we all do, we would ask in lieu of flowers or remembrance, can you please direct, excuse me, direct those resources to leukemia and the Fulma Society. Uh, Donate.lls.org in her name. Her heart would swell at the idea that others' burden be lightened by her experience. And that was from Adam, Laura, and Sam. Um, and I don't, uh, I don't, I'll let DK add something. And, and just in closing, I just uh, the last thing her, her mother said to me, because I was really frustrated and had been some questions about my faith. And, and we always ask, and I ask God sometimes why he picks certain people to go through certain things and, and not others. Her mother told me the best way to honor her is just to honor her memory and to just be a good person was the last thing she told me. And so I just really feel that it's my responsibility to just be a good man and to be a good person. And I just want to apologize. Thank you for allowing me to share. It's a really emotional time. I'm going to just, if you have anything, DK, I just want to then once again say. I, I mean, you, you put put all of that so beautifully. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing I can add is everyone out there at some point has had to deal with the personal sorrow of probably losing someone either very close to them or someone that they knew through cancer or some sort of disease. And I mean, the only, th I mean, I've, I've lost quite a few as well. Um, the only thing you can do, like, like Adam and Sam and, and the family said, is just to remember them for their good times, go out there and continue the battle that they were fighting. And, you know, fight for those causes, fight for the, fight in their memory, make sure that, you know, their, their lives weren't lived in vain. You know, I, you know, I don't know. It's, it all sounds pretty cliche at this point, but, you know, there's, I don't know. I think we just have to all remember that, uh, like you said at the end of your, your last show, um, go out there and tell the people you love that you love them, you know. So Give, give the person a hug and stuff, because who knows? It could be the last time. And so, yeah, I had this small little tribute going different in my mind and I wanted to read some more stuff and I just I honestly um I just don't know if I'll be able to do it so I I'm gonna just kind of say this in closing and you then good, I'm, a, I'm gonna good. um I'm gonna play two so normally I only play one I'm gonna just play two songs and kind of put myself together uh but once again I just um want to thank the Andrews family and Evelyn Andrews, you will be missed. This is a Sports Focus Recap. My name is Preacher. I'm going to play a couple songs, and then we'll get back uh, to our show. We'll talk a little bit about some boxing, and I haven't got DK's opinion on um, uh, the Super Bowl and that kind of stuff yet. So just give me a, a couple minutes. We'll play a couple songs. Thank you uh, for your ears.
I get where I'm going on the far side of the sky. The first thing that I'm gonna do is spread my wings and fly. I'm gonna land beside a lion and run my fingers through his mane. Or I might find out what it's like to ride a drop of rain. Yeah, when I get where I'm going, there'll be only happy tears. I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years. And I'll leave my heart wide open. I will love and have no fear. Yeah, when I get where I'm going, don't cry for me down here. I'm gonna walk with my granddaddy, and he'll match me step for step. And I'll tell him how I've missed him every minute since he left. And then I'll hug his neck. Yeah, when I get where I'm going, there'll be only happy tears. I will shed the sins and struggles I have carried all these years. And I'll leave my heart wide open. I will love and have no fear. Yeah, when I I see my maker's face I'll stand forever in the light of his amazing grace yeah when I get where I'm
back uh thank you again i just want to say thank you again dk for allowing me to do that oh no man that was, like that was that. very uh, beautiful and uh, i whew, i um I, like i said I, I pictured something different but it got a lot of emotion yellow farm to folk brings together farmers families individuals and companies to focus on the benefit of health life choices including eating fresh and locally grown food Farm to Folk works to educate the public, especially children, about value and, and environmental farm-to-table food system. For more information or to get involved, call 530-302-5795 or visit yolofarmtofolk.org. Uh, Got to get back to talking a little bit about sports, uh, even though it's, it's a little hard, but we'll we'll make it here. We're here to be professionals. Um, I, I, did you get a chance to see the fight? I, I I didn't get to see it like actually watch it because it's, it's that's still one of the few things that's pay per view and not like a streaming thing you know, mm -hmm. uh, and I just didn't want to look it up on the the free streams out there, uh, but I, from what I heard and from the highlights that I saw, it looked like uh, Tyson Fury did what he said he was gonna do, well, uh, uh, come in at two seventy, go forward not backwards. Try to bully him with his with his weight and his uh, pressure, and then make the puncher try to box. Well, let me go ahead and give uh, to the audience. So I am a huge uh, boxing fan, and this probably was one of the best fights that we've had in a long time. And I'm gonna give you some background on it for like one, 20, like the, about twenty years, right? Yeah, at least Lix, uh, fifteen, maybe even Lennox Lewis Holyfield was probably the. Uh, like that was about heavyweight 15. fight that was legit. Those Tyson fights were good in his nah, early yeah. days, but after the prison days, they weren't. Yeah, he wasn't the boxer he was supposed like to be. Ninety nine to two thousand one. So whenever that, that Len Lennox Lewis Holyfield was probably the, the last time we had a heavyweight badge. The Klitschko brothers, as I, I like to defend them, but they had the raw. Uh, it's not their fault they had no competition. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's not yeah. like that. So let me go ahead and give you some background information on both of these fighters and I'll tell you why we got a little bit of time to kill. So Wilder is an Olympian. 
uh, who won, who came. He got the silver medal. He hasn't actually lost since the uh, since the Olympics. Once again, he got the silver in there. He's known for being a heavy hitter, knockout specialist. Uh, Fury. They, they call it the equalizer, right? He's right. Not the equalizer. <laughs> Fury. Imagine. Have you guys seen that movie of uh, Snatch with Brad Pitt? <laughs> Uh, like where he's like, oh, uh, man. you like yeah. dogs, uh, yeah. Winkle blue or whatever that is. Um, imagine, and I bring that up because he's, uh, in the movie, he was a gypsy boxing champion. Fury comes from a line of self-proclaimed gypsies. He's, his father looks like he could beat somebody up to the, he just, so he's a boxer who also wasn't, um, was undefeated and hadn't lost a fight. So yeah, so yeah. The reason the reason he lost his belts because he won a decision right. in Germany against whichever Klitschko wasn't retired and had yeah, all the belts. Right after like twenty six title defenses, he won a decision. Right, and then I think they said immediately the IBF championship was stripped of him from him because he needed the rematch with Klitschko. Correct, and then he never fought after that for like three or four years because of a mental health issue. Yeah, and that's something and so, that I, I find important to just kind of dwell on just for a little bit is the mental health issues. He was going through some depression and drug abuse mm -hmm. and things like that. So they did technically strip him of his titles, but he didn't lose the titles. In yeah, fact, so he, he still he was still recognized as the lineal. Correct. I think. And so the first fight between these guys. Um, Went to decision and they considered it a draw. I, I saw the replay of that last, the first fight, and from someone that's totally impartial between the two fighters, I was like, what? That was a draw? Well, I will say this about that, and I guess I'm not— I feel like they gave him the draw because of that big knockdown at the end. When I say I enjoy boxing, I, I, I'm not an expert, but I guess no one had ever come up from Wilder's hit like that and continued to box, and so I don't know if you get brownie points for that, uh, <laughs> you know. But that being said, um, we had our fight on Saturday— um, and here's some things that you didn't know. You know Fury won, of, uh, and he won pretty handedly. Dominated from what I hear. <laughs> he won pretty handedly. And some of the things that kind of drove me crazy, and I don't know if you know this, I'm interested in your opinion on these things. And so Fury did fire his ex-trainer, and he bought a new guy in, a uh, legendary trainer who who's fought some, some big names in the past. And that was their strategy, was to continue to box and use their body and to yeah. keep going on. And it That's worked smart. for the if, most if you part. Can, if you can carry that weight and still be effective, right. why, why not carry that weight? You know what I mean? And so, but here's the side of the story that I just found today. <laughs> oh, are you going to talk about the, the costume he wore <laughs> and the, that... Yeah, I am going to do that. Uh, he has so, so many excuses. So, Wilder... Dude is shocked. Like, like I, Fury shocked him to the core. I am... There's different things about what we're going to talk about. You, uh, and, I, and you're right what, where we're going here. He comes out today. He, he had a pretty... For one... And I want to. I don't like to talk too much about race, but one, you got the uh, the Fury who was getting carried out on the throne <laughs> for his appearance. <laughs> the kind, the, 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 the visual and image. And then Wilder walked out. <laughs> well, uh, the visual image of being carried out on the throne with, with what. By who could consider to be slaves mm, was yeah. was in itself. I mean, boxing's archaic at best. You know what real. I mean? Like, I mean, it's and basically. Then, <laughs> and then you got the guy who has what he called it. It was a tribute to Black History Month, 
But he came out today, and this is, and I have to just go ahead and say it's Bush League and weak. He said the, the costume was 45 pounds. He said he had it on 10 minutes before the fight. He had to go up, then he had to go up the stairs and stuff. And once he put the headgear on, it was heavy. And so by the second round, he didn't have his legs. Oh, second. I heard first round. He said, well, he, he says first round. So second round, at least, you know what, at least if you can say second round, then, then I can be like, oh, okay. So I guess you're still a world-class So he fighter. didn't have his legs, and he's given that as an excuse uh, why he lost the fight. I got some problems with this. One. <laughs> uh, one if I, anyone uh, has problems with it, you would have problems with it. Yeah, I got some it. problems with this. Everyone it's coming problems. from the brother, too, so I don't like to say this kind of stuff, but I have to. One, man... Wilder is one of the biggest talkers in the league. If there been a role reversal, mm. he uh, there's no he, way he would be bashing Fury right now. Right, uh, talking, that's how he lost. Talking mess about that. Two, and this one's the probably the most uh, important in my opinion. Even if that was true, even if you for some reason don't um, uh, have a, and your legs were given out because of the costume, man, you don't say that. Nope. You keep that no. kind of stuff to yourself. Yep. It's weak. It's bush you know, league. You know, it's funny. Funny that you started with that because I was scrolling through some stuff, and the first thing I came across, today's the 25th, right? Yeah. Today, the story comes out that Dante Wilder floated the idea that his trainer, the, the person that's on maybe may or may not be in the chopping block, mm-hmm. uh, may have worked with Tyson's Fury's camp to throw in the towel. And he's like talking about excuses about like how like he felt like you know he was more beat up in the Ortiz fight and like he well, had his like consciousness about him and I'm just like come and on, here's dude. something that I guess uh, will bring me to my next point and we can talk a little bit about and uh, so uh, Wilder comes out a couple months ago and he uh, and it was very controversial statements that he said he said that he what they're doing and on a very I know it's hard for people to hear but he's like we basically have a license to pretty much beat and kill a man kill is a little bit too strong a word because you're not trying to kill nobody i would assume in the ring but he did say that and then so he says uh i'm also willing to die in the ring which i also believe is a little too strong and so he did fire his trainer he did fire his trainer thing about that mentality real quick though and then i'll let you go and then so I guess the question and, and, and the reason why I want to offer the question, because I believe that your response is going to uh, kind of uh, answer this as well, is the trainer's moral responsibility. This man is not trying to see. I mean, I, although, Wilder, you're willing to die in the ring. It's not your trainer's I, job yes, I, to put I, you I, in a position where he has to see it. That I was I was gonna say, I was going to so, say exactly that. So, not, yeah. Not only that. Not only that. Like. Wilder is supposed to be mad at the trainer throwing the towel because as the athlete, as the boxer, as the quote-unquote warrior fighter, whatever you want to call it, in the ring, of course he is willing to die on his sword, quote-unquote, or, or so to speak, because that's what he does. He fights. He fights until someone tells him that either he has won or he has lost, be it at the end of 10 or 12 rounds or the referee stopping the fight. Now, the other option, obviously, is the corner, but the corner is different than the fighter. Like, they are a team, and their goal is to win. But the fighter's goal is to win it at, at all costs, no matter what. The corner's job is to win, but it's also to win without sacrificing the life of the fighter. And I'm you not even going mean? like, to lie to you. I, the, um, the, 
That man took a beating. He did. Uh, he did. I've like, never, did you I, see his it, face? In a, in a professional <laughs> heavyweight fight, right. I don't think I've ever seen a case where uh, someone threw in the towel. Like, a lot of the lower weight classes, right. I've seen that happen before. And then the famous uh, Hector Camacho, you know, no moss at the corner. He didn't get up from his stool thing. But I've, I've never seen it on the heavyweight level. But now that I think about it, of all the quote-unquote exciting fights I've seen or the, the, the fight of the night type of fights I've seen... Maybe half of them, the corner probably should have stepped in and thrown in the towel maybe in round eight or nine or even ten before it ended because the person that eventually loses those epic, uh, 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 instant classic uh, type of boxing matches, they're the real losers because not only did they not win the, the, the epic, you know, memor- the memorable fight— but now they're, they have to suffer through that brain damage pretty much the rest of their lives. And like I said, besides the movies, man, I ain't never seen somebody's face look that beat up either. Oh, so dude, definitely yeah. Was. The, the but, memes uh, that came man, out of there, the how about, uh, How about the best tribute to uh, Black History Month of beating the white guys? <laughs> Just win the fight. Oh, uh, man. KDRT is looking for DJs where you're stationed. And if you have any idea for a show, we want to hear from you. Our program staff is made up of volunteers representing a wide range of interests from local politics to social environmental news to independent music, including rock, punk, funk, soul, blues, and more. For more information on joining the air staff, just drop us an email at infokdrt.org with your interest and contact. We look forward to listening to you. We're going to take a small break. We'll be back. What was that? I was going to say, I'll have something about one last thing about boxing when we come back then. Oh, no worries. You can go ahead and do it now. Oh, I was going to say, you, you know what I really look forward to? Just that. And, and, and it's because of the way these, the first two fights happened. The draw, I feel like they gave it to a little bit, and it was like uh, Fury coming back from his hiatus. And then the loss is uh, you know, uh, Wilder not respecting, I don't think, Fury a little bit. But I think this third fight, because they, they've, they've announced there's going to be a third fight. Well, that's think, not all the way true. I'll tell you details in a second. Okay, well, if, if there yeah. is, I think it's going to be the best of the three fights. I don't think it's going to, like people say, it's going to be a dominant, uh, another dominant effort by Fury. Is because I think now with that loss and Wilder chasing, like it's it's like it's the classic villain hero type of thing where well, I'll, I'll, I feel like Fury's going to be Fury no matter what. But I think Wilder's more dangerous when he's hungry. I'll give you some back. So even the Fury draw came from a man who had barely boxed over a year, yeah, and yeah. he uh, and he was suffering from mental health and depression yeah, issues, yeah, and he didn't want yeah. to withdraw. Fury is just the better boxer. Oh no, no, for sure. Uh, I but, think, but I just think that this next fight, Wilder's going to come out with more of and, a and a, what a, I wanted a fighter's to tell you, mentality. What I wanted to tell you about the uh, the third fight is Wilder does have in his claws yeah, that he can clause. get a rematch, a third fight, and this is the stuff in boxing and in contracts that I don't understand. However, in Fury's clause, he doesn't have to take the fight. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, what happens with uh, two different promotions and two different chat. So, you know what? You know because you know who Fury should fight instead uh, of the third fight is Joshua Anthony. Or oh, Anthony Joshua. Both of these dudes will beat that dude bad. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and, <laughs> and I want to see Fury go into Wembley Stadium, beat up Joshua in front of eighty thousand. I would just like, like that. Quiet, just sitting there, so quiet. Even if Fury agrees to the fight and see this is the stuff I know and I don't care that I know but I just know too much but uh so I, once again Wilder has a clause for a third fight but uh, Fury has a clause 
I don't have to say yes. But if he does say yes within the clause, it would have to be within the year. So you yeah. would, you would be talking about a rematch in summer. Oh, so that's why that's, maybe that's quick. Yeah, so maybe or maybe not mm. why he wouldn't want to take it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. like these are the things that little <laughs> nuances of box. I'm like, why you have uh, a clause that you get a third fight, but the guy has a clause that he doesn't have to take it? Oh, Don't make man. no sense. So <laughs> we'll be back, you guys. Right. Not. I don't know what I mean. <laughs> but the reds aren't showing. Sure. You don't smell. 
once again, welcome I'm back. Loud. This is a Sports Focus Recap. My name's Preacher. That's DK the Heckler. We're here every single Tuesday from 5 to 6. <laughs> replay times are actually, I enjoy the replay times because they're uh, Wednesdays at 8 in the morning. So usually when I'm headed to a job or something, I get to hear us. And it's always good to hear and critique us. I also want to, uh, for the first time doing this on the air, uh, I finally come to a place where if you would like to be on the show and talk a little bit about sports and uh, different things or if you have an opinion on stuff or if you are on a, a team uh, that locally that you would like to promote, uh, all ages are welcome, all genders are welcome. Uh, I, I'm trying to get the roller derby girls in here in a couple of weeks. I'm excited about that. Ooh. But all, all different – any type of venue, age, if you want to come in and talk some sports, we have a Facebook page, and go ahead and message me. I'm direct, re directly responsible for it. We're trying to get some guests in here, so I want to first time go ahead and publicly announce that. Uh, I, I debated because of my businesses to give them my number because it's public information. I'm like, nah, we ain't going to be doing all that, you know. <laughs> Texting me, all kind of stuff. Uh, I also enjoy playing some live music that we have and share. That that last song, I'm going to play one more for her at the end, is Hannah Jane Kyle, and it's a folk, and that song was called Broken Girls Anthem. Uh, I want to talk, and uh, again, thank you for uh, allowing me to open the segment talking about Miss Andrews, but I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, did you get a chance to see the uh, Kobe tribute by Vanessa yesterday? Uh, I did not. Uh, I was uh, busy, uh, and I was away from the TV, so I, I didn't catch it, but from what I could gather from uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, uh, it was done very, very beautifully. It was done very, very respectably. Uh, there was some uh, lighthearted, funny moments uh, within the uh, sadness uh, and celebration uh, when Michael Jordan was crying and uh, right. giving his speech, and he was like, I, you know, I can just see another crying Jordan meme, but Kobe did that to me, and then, like, the kind of the— auditorium kind of laughed i saw that clip so well i, I was, was cool. i just wanted to go and, and this will probably be the last time uh we kind of bring up the uh kobe incidents it's a lot of death and loss going on in 2020 but i just wanted to um give some highlight and uh give a little bit of respect to vanessa bryan and uh, and just give her some love about how strong uh you know her speech i and i and i got to check it. i didn't see it live but i, I watched it last night uh, her, her speech was amazing, and I just want to put things in perspective. To lose your husband and to lose a, a child, especially as we're talking about loss here, is something that is just so um, hard. And yeah. she had to, to speak in front of 200,000 people. Yeah. Uh, she said something to me <laughs> that, uh, and I've already been emotional and stuff, that kind of hit kind of in a weird way for me and she was like you know god knew that they couldn't be without each other so if one was going to go she took them together and that was just just hit in a bad way and uh and the michael gotta, jordan uh, stuff um uh, so right. you gotta feel for vanessa Bryant right. too because most mothers and wives that go through this tragedy don't have to do it in front of 15 right. cameras and 15 the, the world the world you know, the, but, but you know saying, the, just like the world grieving quote-unquote with you 
and you know she won't get a private moment to grieve on her own for at least another couple of weeks you know? right and they're asking so much of her and uh like the Andrews family earlier and like Vanessa, they're using, they're not using, they're, they're taking the opportunity to have tragedy come with some level of how you can get involved. For, yeah, awareness, uh, understanding. For, exactly. That's the most important thing. And then the thing that I thought, uh, the Michael, jo Michael Jordan gave a speech that was pretty, and I won't, I'm not even be honest with this. The first time I've, Ever and I'm a '90s child. Be like Mike, mm -hmm. uh, Space Jams, all the all all the commercials. Uh, I, I've never seen him be more human. Ever, you know what? Yeah, was, you, you literally just made me want to check out his whole speech. Check out now. the speech. Okay. It, it put us because, like I said, I only caught that little real quick clip on even in, even in his um his Hall of Fame speech. He was ripping people. Oh, he was and, bitter uh, in his Hall of Fame. <laughs> I've never seen a Hall of Famer right. be inducted and just be bitter like that. It was weird. And then, so I actually thought for the first time that, that Kobe's deaf, and he was telling stories about how, you know, when Kobe used to call him and uh, and ask about moves and stuff for his kids, and Jordan would be like, well, how old are they? And Kobe would be like, well, they're 12. And Jordan would say, well, I was playing baseball at 12. Things <laughs> <laughs> like that. And so it was just pretty amazing. And Shaq's speech was unbelievable. And they just really and, – and, and on both – and see, this is sometimes what I believe important in, in our life as we talk about tragedy sometimes. In both speeches, they, they glorified – someone as being their little brother but they also said some of the bad times in their life like Shaq literally talked about you know uh their communication and uh, and their friendship yeah. when they were yeah. at combats and Jordan talked about how he uh people you know he, he didn't really take lightly to this one dude trying to call him out and trying to be the next him yeah and, but he but then how both situations they kind of turned around and i just thought it was a very good thing so go ahead and check that out if you had an opportunity to yeah i, I, uh, I didn't i didn't hear the full speech so I'm, I'm gonna totally check out the the full michael jordan shack speech and so we're uh running out of time and got another couple of break well we got about 15 minutes but i just want to in the end i wanted to get your opinion we haven't been here together the two of us i went on a bunch of different rants mm -hmm. while you were gone you didn't even, <laughs> man you didn't even know i went uh, all so I went, uh, i'm sorry <laughs> that i was not here to reel you in i tell you i said that i was like dk's <laughs> not here so i'm gonna get crazy with it uh the, I, that was when i was talking about the black quarterback oh I was talking yeah. about, you know what though i would have <laughs> let you go on that I was one talking about these coaches and still not getting hired getting no, no, jumped you know what? over i was i was here i was here for that yeah I but i just that. went in a oh, way, in, in uh, another level i went on a whole Whole new level cool. uh, but i do uh what we haven't we didn't really get a chance and we don't have to talk too long about two issues that i'm interested mm -hmm. in your opinion is uh the first one and i'll save your niners for last but the first one we i never got to talk to you about what was going on <clears throat> with the astros so all of a sudden man i've never seen this uh, in sports either uh where uh players turning are, on other players yeah you, you know why right so here's the thing, like, let, let me let me give you my my reasoning on my thinking on why the players have turned on each on the Astros instead of being like a whole brotherhood, you know, code of silence type of deal. They cheated and won a championship. That's basically it. Had they cheated and lost the championship, 
there would be a lot more people feeling sorry for them because oh I can't believe you know they had they resorted to that and they didn't even win you know it must be hard to lose 100 games three years in a row you know, yada 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 they're just that kind of narrative but because they broke that that age old saying that cheaters never prosper they did prosper you know well, here's what I mean? the so, thing here's what I de- I find to be unusual about mm-hmm. the situation nobody seemed at first to be totally upset at the idea of cheating. In fact, a lot of the uh, oh no, yeah, a lot of the guys are like this, everybody's doing. But but here's about, the thing. But here, let me oh, finish okay. real quick. Here's what I find to be unusual: is they're saying, "Well, we cheat. We cheated better than you. We use technology." Uh, no. and, well, they use technology, but they also was so, banging trash cans, which so, is not technically so. Sound. Here, here's the thing: had the Astros had some dude. In the stands with binoculars, that was like doing signs. It was kind of obvious what's going on. Or, excuse me, or if every stadium had this live feed that the Astros had in center field of the of the catching area, that you could like, you could do that with. I don't think anybody would be upset because it would be a level playing field of quote unquote cheating. Because you know when guys on second. The catcher and pitcher meet together. They change up their signs so that the, the guy on second doesn't steal the signs and relay it to the hitter, you know, what's coming, this, that, and the other. So, like, everyone knows there's sign stealing going on, and everyone knows that each team has a code breaker or two that's sitting there just watching the, the third base ump and the first or the first third base coach and the first base coach. So, like, everyone does it. So, like, that's an even playing field in my estimation and probably the player's estimation. But when you're going above and beyond that, when you're, when you're kind of delving into some really weird, like, like, uh, like real-time, you-know-what-pitch-is-coming, that, that with no one on base. You know what I mean? So, like, so the bases are empty— or a guy on third that can't see the signs. Well, I, I think the debate is not that it, uh, the the advantage you would have given up. A lot of people like uh, standing from the Yankees said if he knew what every pitch was, he'll hit 90 home runs. No, no, yeah. Other people but, but, are saying stuff like, no, no, you but know. What, I, what I'm saying is they went above the rules, like beyond the rules. Like there's no rules against stealing signs from second because, you know what, if, if you're silly enough to not change your signs up after a couple of times around, that's on you. Well, here's a problem that I have, and I feel like baseball players are somewhat hypocritical in this regard. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, one, I, I don't think I, – I hate retaliation in baseball with a baseball. I feel like that they, is they, a – They should have suspended the players. That is – Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I yeah, hate yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate that too, right? Because it's a very archaic way of dealing with it, right? It, this isn't the '60s and '70s and '50s and whatever it is anymore. We have ways of that not happening. But here's the thing, uh, and then somebody, I, I've been doing a lot of research on this, and so a lot of people on the air and a lot of people who may not be aware of this, they always say this question like, "Why did the players get scot free of this?" And so uh, Manfred decided not that the players had uh, immunity based on he wanted them to completely be honest with their position. However, this is what people fail to realize, that there is nothing he could have done because of the Baseball Players Association Mm -hmm. in the first place. So he came out and he he, he was kind of stroking and running, uh, you know, the the rooster dance, but the reality of it is because of their uh, their league and their union, there's nothing they could have done to these yeah. guys anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the problem I have, and I'm so, interested in what you think about them. 
So we got these baseball players, and they're so verbally against what's happening. These guys are jerks. They're this, they're that, they're this. However, they don't seem like they want the guy who ratted on them on their team either. They don't they uh they say uh, Well see here's here's the thing about that. Right. Um, I'm curious. I don't think that they're mad that he ratted them out. I think the people that are mad at Mike Friars is merely pointing out you're not some beacon of hope and truth by revealing this. You were on that team. If you felt so bad about it, you should have said something in 2017. And you only said and something they, when after you after, got released or traded, whatever. Got, and they got rid of him. And then man. he got mad at them. So right. He said, so like you know, you know. So it's like Mike Fryers. Yay, good for you for telling the truth finally. But you're no martyr in this because mm-hmm. you could have said something in 2017, 18, 19. But you waited until the really end of 19, and now in the 2020, we're finding out about this. You know and I, mean? I will say this, and uh, not to condemn the Astros anymore. But uh, there was a certain point in the season where the um, the league was kind of aware of what was going on. The, the re- yeah. re- uh, Red Sox Yankee situation, right? Yeah, and yeah. Then, so the they wrote, and, and they wrote a letter mm-hmm. and they said, "Okay, we know this stuff's going on. Yeah, from here on out, you need yeah. to stop this stuff." And here's the question though that mm-hmm. I have for you, and I know, uh, and I and I equate it to steroids era in a, in a way. Mm-hmm. Would you? If you were the uh, player, and it's hard to play woulda, coulda, shouldas. If you were a player and you're like, well, uh, if you're a friar and you come into another team in the Yankee world, this, and he didn't rat everybody out, well, this is how we're winning, would you do it? Uh, do you believe that players would do it? or do? So I, I equate it to the steroids game in a way. Barry Bonds was accused of doing steroids, although he never was found guilty. But when McGuire and Sosa started hitting all those home runs and he was clean, then they're like, well, I'm not getting no love. So I I believe that kind of drove into the air. It is definitely an ego thing. And then here's to double that is there's a lot of players who never did steroids. So it's like there's cheaters and there's not cheaters. How do you equate as a player the difference and would you do it? Would you if Fryer comes to you not ratting everybody out? Well, this is what we did at uh, over there. We won a super. Uh, we won a championship. We can do that over here. Do Do you believe? And the reason why I ask that is because it then puts a question. You guys only mad because I guess somebody got caught and busted you. It, you know. Okay. So if I if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly. If I'm on, say, the A's, and Friars came to me instead of outing the Astros, but then instead came to me as, like, say, a team leader on the A's, and went, hey, I know how the Astros are really winning. We can do the exact same thing and win this way. Would I do it? Is that what you're saying? Or do you not, would you as a moral person do it? Would you think players would do it? If I was on his team, I'm saying, on the A's, would I do it? Hmm. The, like, I'll, I'll phrase it like this. The, the, the non-athlete not knowing how hard it is and me sitting up on my moral pedestal as a fan looking from the outside in, I would like to say that I would hope I wouldn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. But as someone who knows how hard it is to get to the majors, as, you know, even though I've never you know, experienced trying to get there, but I know how hard it is. And on top of that, how hard it is to stay in the majors. And then on top of that, how hard it is for everything, including winning a championship. I would probably have to say that I wouldn't have a problem with it as long as we didn't get caught. You know what I mean? And, and that's the God honest truth as if I was in the team. So 
having said that, the only player in this situation that I 100% truly feel sorry for, some empathy, uh, if that's the right word, uh, for, is Jose Altuve. And I'll tell you why. What? Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. <laughs> so you're Jose Altuve, right? You have suffered, what was it? You've been in the league for four years now, right? Three of those years, you've had 100 losses, 103 losses, 105 losses. You're, you're clearly on the worst team in Major League Baseball. Uh, you're, you're not sure of the plan. And then someone that you respect in the Dominican community, Carlos Beltran, comes up to you and says, Jose, I have this idea. We have a way for you guys to hit the ball more on contact. And you'll know basically whether it's going to be fast or slow. So we'll have a little bit of advantage. But it's okay. It's just, it's just stealing signs. You know, it's same, whatever steals. Now, he could have, as the all-star, the leader, the MVP candidate, said, no, Carlos, this is wrong. But I can understand as a person looking in of someone who's had 300-plus losses in three seasons back to back to back, how he could have been swayed to not care. I completely disagree. I just think that— I'm, I'm sure his worst-case scenario was like, what's the worst that could happen? We'll win 90-something games. We'll compete for I, the West, maybe win, have a playoff run. But we're not going to ever win the World Series this way. And I don't want to sound cynical about sports in America because I know it's everyone's dream. <laughs> but I think if you were talking like this in Dominican where people's lives are changed, they're smuggling people out of there and okay, stuff like that. fair enough. But I, I, on a certain level, the reason why I would disagree is, is they— they recently won the World Series. It wasn't like they were just so far removed from it. And no, two, no, no. They, I would, they, they used it to win the World Series. Uh, 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 didn't didn't the Astros just currently? No, no, no. They lost uh, against the uh, Nationals. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so but here's another thing. Is the and, only this is, one. and this is the one that's and, the and bigger. By, by the way, the Nationals got word from the Dodgers and uh, somebody else that they knew that they there's a, there's a possibility of them cheating. So the Astro or the Nationals changed up their signs four to five times every game. Well, on a, like to finish about my sorry, sorry, rant sorry. about American sports, on some level, and I just, I know the ego, yeah. and especially the, in athletes, I was a former athlete, is huge. Mm -hmm. And it has to be on a certain yeah. level. But in the it's like you went one in ten for three years. In the years. grand scheme of the world, they're playing a game for multi millions and millions you know of dollars. I, I, have, I, have a, I have a better question. Like that's just back silly. when you were playing football in college, right? Yeah. Let's say for three years you went one and ten every year, maybe even zero and eleven, right? Then your senior year, the one of the student athletic trainers comes up to you and says, "Hey, we found a way." Where we can make a bowl, and 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 it's like we're just gonna steal their signs, and like, but they they explain it to you in a way where it's like, oh, okay, and then you're expecting to win seven or eight games, and then you go on to go twelve and zero in a national I, championship. I see your argument on every level except for spoil rich. Uh, professional athlete. <laughs> you know enough. what I'm saying? Like, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair I get, like, but fair once enough. I got 100 million in the bank, I lose every game. I don't support them. I'm just saying that's the one athlete I, I can lose. For. The if, one. If only I one. had 100 million in the bank, 
Yeah. I could lose every game. All right. <laughs> you know, and not cheap. Fair enough. But I do see your point. If it was a college level, you have reputations. You have if you're going to make pros. You have diff- even, yeah. uh, even a certain point I'm just, boosters. I'm just saying that that's one, the only reason. And baseball is the, the richest sport. That's true. Uh, no cap. That, not yet. Everything's yeah, guaranteed. Man, these guys. Holtz, oh, Altuve has $130 million in the bank. Don't yeah, cheat, brother. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, we're running enough. out of time. The Davisville showcased important <laughs> issues, people, and events involving the the wonderful and diverse community that is Davis, California. Join long-term journalist and interviewer Bill Buchanan in conversation on Monday afternoon from 5.30 p.m. to 6 p.m. on KDRT. For replay times, visit KDRT.org and click the schedule tab. We're running out of time, so I want to say thank you again for allowing me to to start the program with a little tribute to Evelyn Andrews. Uh, my prayers and thoughts go to her family. Uh, don't forget to check out and support uh, lymphoma and leukemia. Also want to go ahead and support and say thank you to KDRT for allowing me a little bit of wiggle room. Thank you, DK, for doing the same thing. Uh, we will be back next week. Anytime, brother. You know, and uh, I... Uh, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so don't forget to go ahead and check out the schedule tab. Go ahead and check out the schedule tab for the replay times on this show as well as other shows. Uh, Tree Dave is coming in after us. I'm just going to end the song just with a little bit of music, and then we'll get out of here. Thank you for listening. Uh, Sports Focus Recap, KDRT LP 95.7, where the grassroots grow every single Tuesday from 5 to 6. Yep. Replay times on Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Yep. That's pretty early. It actually, is. you know. And thank you once again. I'm gonna kind of filibuster just a little bit. I didn't get to take your get your take on the uh, your 49ers losing. Uh, you know what? They should have won. They could have won. They didn't. It was Shanahan's play calling and the time management's fault. You can blame the refs if you really want to, but I mean, in the end, when it's a minute 23 at the end of the first half with three timeouts, you don't score a point. And at the end of the crunch time, when you're passing 12 versus two runs and you're not who you are, then that's how you lose. All right, guys. That sounds fair to me. (laughs) (laughs) Quick analysis from DK to Heckler. You guys have a good day.